So on this episode of Rethink Real Estate, I think that it's a topic that I had no idea about. Um, and it's got me thinking in so many different avenues of a different way to sort of implement this into your business. But it's also one of those conversations where I'm rethinking every conversation that I've ever had with anybody that's talking to me about real estate. So to, on today's call, we have Eli Underwood. Um, and, uh, and he is a partitions attorney. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, he does a way better job of explaining than I'm ever going to going to do. But you know, it's you know, for people that understand probate, divorce, REO, all of that stuff, is that this is just another layer of things where I really wasn't aware of it. Um, and you know, I've just recorded the episode with Eli, so my mind's a little blown. And I'm like, ah, you know, there's a few little leading indicators in the past where we might have been speaking to certain people that were like, oh, well, I can't do this or I can't do that because of my partner, because of my, you know, my girlfriend, because of you know my brother, because of my sister, because of whoever it may be, um, and this could be the answer for that. I really think it opens up a really good avenue of prospecting, but if not, it opens up your general knowledge base so that then you can listen to that in a conversation. Really worth a listen. Hope it helps. Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast aimed to deliver sales strategies, marketing tips, and business insights from industry experts and myself to build a listing-focused business for the future. Let's get into it. Eli, welcome to Rethink Real Estate. Hey, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, so we were just talking about your background. It is yeah. incredibly lawyery. It is. It's part of a package you can buy on Amazon. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, I don't know. Somebody gave this to me as a gift, uh, this picture of George Washington. And uh, it. It feels like it belongs in a lawyer's office, and uh, so well, it screams. It screams lawyer. It screams lawyer. So, so folks, for those that are obviously joining us on today's episode, we've got Eli. He is a lawyer. But first of all, Eli, give us the elevator pitch on you. Tell me what's been going on. How'd you get to where you're at? What's the uh, What's the story? Right on. Yeah. So um, I am an attorney. Uh, I've been a lawyer for about 15 years. And I specialize in something called partitions actions, which is within the real estate sphere. I have a firm. We've got offices in Sacramento, Oakland, LA, and Newport Beach. And I have attorneys throughout the state uh, helping me on these cases. Um, we are currently handling over 100 partition actions throughout the state of California. Right. Um, and um, I also sit on the executive committee for real estate for the California lawyers. And I am the instructor on partitions for the California Association of Realtors. So uh, I know a little bit about partitions. So, okay, let's get right into this and get deep and dirty. Okay. Because I think that realtors, you know, like, again, I'm going to speak for myself here. I understand probate a little, not a great deal. You know, I understand, you know, that side of the business a touch. I understand like the divorce attorneys that people partner with, you know, court ordered sales and things along those lines. I've no idea what you're talking about. So I want you to take your crayon out. I want you to, you know, think about like you're talking to a three-year-old because that's the mental capacity that I probably have when it comes to this stuff. Okay. And let's explain what, you know, petitions are. Sure. Well, and let, let's see if, if I'm smart enough to explain it to a three-year-old. So it's, that's, that's a perfect way to think about it. So for those of your listeners who are familiar with probate sales or divorce sales, 
or, you know, for people who've been in the industry, you know, 20 years and they went through the downturn and they got familiar with short sales or REO sales, there's no reason they shouldn't know about partition actions. Because if you, if you were to put those in a line, you know, divorce sales and probate sales and REO sales and short sales, a partition is just the last one in that series, right? Right, right. Unconventional sales, right? And so all that a partition action is, it's super simple. All that it involves is a sale of real estate through the court system where one person wants to sell, but another person does not, and those people are not married. So, so maybe the easiest way to explain this, I'll give you, I'll give you a for instance. I'll give you an example, uh-huh. right? So for instance, um, brother and sister inherit mom and dad's house in Laguna Beach. Okay. Right. And mom and dad's house in Laguna Beach was, is worth $3 million. Right. And sister moved in to take care of mom at the end. Um, and mom is gone and mom leaves the house to brother and sister and in equal parts, right? 50, 50 house is fully paid off. Brother and sister own this house, right? Well, brother, he's living in, you know, LA or San Francisco. He's doing his career sisters in Laguna Beach. And so brother says, Hey, listen, you know, if we sell this $3 million house, I make a million and a half dollars, right? Would love to sell that house. Sister says, no, thank you. Not interested, right? She, she loves Laguna Beach. It's great. You know, she can, she can take walks, you know, on the, on the ocean, whenever she wants. It's great for her. And she doesn't really have to pay anything, right? It's a, it's a phenomenal deal for sister, right? For brother, not so much, right? Because even if a mortgage is paid off, somebody still has to pay the taxes. Somebody still has to pay the insurance. If sister has a big party and somebody gets injured, brother is personally liable for any injury that happens on that property, right? And if mom and dad didn't take care of the place that well over the last 10 years and a hurricane happens to hit Southern California, uh, which never happens except it did this year, right? And the roof needs repairs, right? And sisters isn't working and she doesn't have the money for all this. Brother is footing the bill for all of these things, right? And and so it's it's not fair to brother. Plus, his whole inheritance may be that house in Laguna Beach, right? Maybe mom and dad didn't leave a lot of money because of expenses, but they left the house, right? And so brother is just saying, listen, I just want my inheritance. And and a million and a half dollars could be a lot of things, right? Help pay off his own mortgage. You know, if he's in, you know, a little bit later on, maybe he's got a kid going to college, right? Help to fund that, right? Um, You know, maybe his wife worked for Twitter and she gets laid off, right? And so having a little bit, having a million and a half dollars lying around would be pretty nice right about now, right? So, in that instance, and this happens all the time, brother wants to sell and sister does not, right? And so what brother can do is he can go into court in California and say, listen, I own this house. I don't want to own it anymore. Court, either have sister buy me out at an appraised price, right? At a, at a fair price done by a certified real estate appraiser. Or if she can't afford a mortgage on a $3 million house, which probably not since she can't afford the taxes and the other things, let's just sell it, right? And and sister will still get her share 
of that house, right? We're not trying to take anything from her that doesn't belong to brother. We're just saying that sister is not allowed to keep something that doesn't belong to her, which is brother's share of the inheritance, right? So we just say, hey, listen, court, brother owns this thing. He no longer wishes to. Uh, please have it sold. And in California, the law says that you have an absolute right to partition real estate as an owner. And the courts say, you know, they'll do an appraiser appraisal. They'll say, sister, you know, can, can you afford a mortgage on this $3 million house in Laguna Beach? And she says, I can't. And they say, okay, well, we're going to sell it. And, you know, we'll hold your money in trust. And then once the lawsuit is over, we'll give you your million and a half dollars or whatever it is. Or, you know, if sister sees the writing on the wall after the lawsuit has started, she can say, oh, you know what, actually, I'm going to cooperate in this process and, and allow it to be sold and work with the realtor, right? But either way, the property is getting sold, right? So in, in a nutshell, that's, that's what I do is I help people sell real estate um, in difficult circumstances uh, throughout California. So that's it, you know, now it's obviously triggered a whole bunch of questions in my head, a whole bunch of scenarios, all of that type of stuff. Um, so let's let's dive into this a little bit further. The first question is a little bit more of a broader one, and I'm not sure if you can help me answer this, but is there is there similar situations in other states? Because obviously California is not the only territory that people or state that people are listening in from. Um, might not even be the might not even be in North America as well. But but from a petition standpoint, is there similar regulations in other states? It's a great question. So the, the best answer is, I don't know. Uh, the second best answer is, most likely you can do this basically in any state or most likely country in which Great Britain was a founder or um, established a government. And the reason is that the if you go back and you look at the laws in, in all the states in California, I'm only licensed to practice in California, so I can, I can only be specific to California. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, that said, the way that the, the, the laws in this country were set up happens to be that we just went to, to Great Britain at the time of the Revolutionary War and said, what are your laws relating to real estate, right? And they just said, well, these are our laws. There was actually this uh, treatise published by this guy named William Blackstone. He was a very famous jurist, and he wrote a treatise. It's called Blackstone Law, Blackstone's Laws um, on the Laws of England, right? Blackstone's Treatise on the Laws of England. And so what every state did, even though California obviously wasn't a state at, in 1776, right? California became a state in 1850. And when California became a state, it said, well, just whatever the laws were in England, when the government, you know, when America became a country, let's just use those. And they adopted Blackstone's laws wholesale. And so it used to be in England that if you inherited, let's say you had a brother and you inherited a, you know, dad's farm, right? Dad passes away. He says to my two sons, you know, my 80 acres in Yorkshire, wherever it is, um, you know, you know, my, my two sons get the 80 acres, right? Well, if you don't get along with your brother, you could go to the judge in England and say, listen, my brother, uh, I love him, but I can't stand him. So judge, just divide the 80 acres in, in half. You just give me the, whatever, the north 40, you give him the south 40 or wh whatever it is. It, it doesn't matter. It's all the same farm, right? It's all the same land, basically. And in England, a judge would say, that sounds good. That's totally fair to give one 40 and another 40 if it's all the same. 
And so let's physically divide the land into parts. Let's partition the land, right? Well, in California in 2023, most of us don't live on farms, right? Mm. Um, what we do is we live in uh, single family ranch style homes in subdivisions. And so what a judge is not going to do is physically divide that house into half, right? That's insane, right? But what a judge will do is they will sell the whole property and partition the equity into parts, right? They'll divide the equity into parts. So, you know, basically to answer your question, any state in the union that adopted Blackstone's laws, um, which basically my understanding is that's what every state did, has a partition law. And it could be that, I don't know, maybe there's another country out there that was founded by Great Britain. You might be able to think of one. Oh, maybe. You know, that reminds me of, you know, the greatest comment that I've ever heard when I first moved here from an American. Like, it was the greatest line back ever. Oh, so you're British. I'm like, no, 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 I'm Australian. Well, the Queen's on your money, so it's all the same, right? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah, it's not too bad. But um, right. so let me, let me, let me, let me ask you a couple of other things here. Like I, I, like I'm, I'm salivating at the, at the chance of like, oh, this is like where this could be a gold mine for future real estate listings. So uh, we've got a couple of agents that we know that get a great deal of their business because of relationship with probate attorneys. Okay. Is that, do you typically find that yourself, like you are, a, you are a specialist in that particular format of, of law? Okay, is it this? Is is that the case across you know most attorneys? Is that they they like like if they're going to build a relationship with somebody like yourself, or or is do you find a petitions lawyer, so to speak? It's a great question. I, I think that basically any real estate lawyer, or most any real estate lawyer in California, has probably done a partition at some time. Right. right. And, and I run into this all the time. I had a, I had a client who came in last week and he said, Eli, it's between you and this other attorney. And I'm trying to decide. And I said, that's, that's a big decision. Tell me about this guy. Maybe, you know, I don't know anything. What's his deal. And he told me about him and I said, okay, well, listen, you have a partition problem. So, you know, how many partitions has this attorney done? He said, well, he's been practicing about 15 years like you. And he said, he's done six. And I said, six, that's interesting. I said, we're handling over a hundred right now, yep. right? So if somebody, if, if you were choosing a surgeon and the sur and you asked the surgeon how many surgeries he'd done and he said six, you know, would you want to be lucky number seven uh, to have your surgery done, right? So that is, there's lots of real estate lawyers. They've probably done, you know, six partitions in 15 years or three partitions in nine years or something like that. Um, we only handle partitions, 99% partitions. Um, there are some lawyers that will do like personal injury. I'm sure you've seen the commercials. Um, you know, this was something that I just wanted to set out to do to, to really provide as much value as I could to people who had this specific problem. Yeah, sure. And I, I think that how is it like, like, again, like you can find, you know, the probate side of things you can like from a, from a records perspective, where do people find what's going on with the, with petitions? Like, where do I go and find this as a resource that possibly I could be reaching out to those attorneys that are doing it slash possibly be reaching out to the clients themselves to see if I can like help sell them to sell the property in that process of doing so. Cause I'm assuming that the, 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 the agent, the agent that is chosen, I'm assuming that the people that are in the partition or, or that are, that are going through that, they get to choose the realtor. Is that correct? Or, or how does that all work? Yeah. So, so let's talk about it. So, yeah, so there, this is, it's a, it's a great question. I get it all the time. 
hey, Eli, do you have a, a partition lawsuit that I can work on, right, from realtors? Mm -hmm. And really, I, I think that that's actually backwards because they're look, they're saying, hey, do you have one partition you can you can shoot me over right now? And I'd say, you know, if you've been a realtor for 10 years and you've, you know, you've been in the industry, most likely um, you probably have five or six people that you have already spoken to who have this problem, right? Because it's not just brothers and sisters. Another thing that we're seeing a lot of um, in this story, I don't know, maybe it sounds familiar to you, boyfriend and girlfriend buy a house together. Right. Yeah. So just full disclosure, what he's referring to, because we debriefed before this, is that Callista and I have been together 12 odd years and, you know, we're engaged, but we've just never gotten around to be getting married. So ultimately, he's referring to our situation as well. Everything's well, all good, folks. Everything's yeah. great. Just just to be clear. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I look, I lived with my my girlfriend for three years. Right. And and it happens. It's 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 actually like much more common in our society. It used to be like 85% of all people were married and now it's like in the forties or something. Right. Right. And right. Right. And it's a generational thing, right? Millennials, gen, you know, the next generation, Gen Z, a lot of people are just, they have issues with marriage and they want to live with their significant other, but they see the value of real estate. And so they're buying real estate together. Right. But then when they break up, if they weren't married, they can't get divorced. So the way that that house gets sold when one person wants to sell and another doesn't is through a partition, right? So, um, you know, to, to your main question about, okay, how do realtors find these? I, I don't have a, a master list. People normally just find me on the internet or they're referred to me. But I'd say if you're a realtor, you've probably talked to that, that ex-boyfriend who says, I own yeah. this house with my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Or talk to that brother who has that house in Laguna Beach. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, another example that's really common is uh, friends buying an Airbnb together. Oh, that's totally true. Like right now, I totally get that. So, so that's, you know, obviously my brain is going 100, 100 miles a second right now. So it's actually working it in a different, in a different manner than I'm thinking of. Don't find a referral, a referral lawyer, an attorney that's going to refer you business. Really, you've just got to be conscious and cognizant of the people that you're speaking to in those particular situations where you're giving advice and going, Hey, did you know there's such thing as a partition attorney that I can refer you to? You know, Eli Underwood, who, you know, he's an absolute specialist in that. Um, he could talk you through that if you really wanted to move this property on at this point, how exactly you could actually do that. So which stems to the next question from me. Okay, so I identify an opportunity. I've got a willing person that's like, yeah, no, no, no get me more information. You speak to them and they say, yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. What's the timeline to getting that property on the marketplace usually? Sure. So um, it's, it's hard because I don't know where this property is that you're discussing. So, right? Like, give it, let's give an example, like somewhere, you know, right. pick a place. So, so in, in California, right? Like the legal system in Los Angeles doesn't happen to work that quickly. Right? <laughs> uh, but if you happen to be next door and the property is in Palm Springs, right? And it's a, you know, you and your buddy say, let's buy an Airbnb in Palm Springs. We'll rent it out to, you know, bridal parties and we'll make a ton of money. Um, and then it turns out that you can't make it money on an Airbnb when every house on the block is an Airbnb. <laughs> um, and so you and your buddy have this house in, in Palm Springs. That's in Riverside County, right? So Riverside County moves a little more quickly than LA County as a, as a for instance, right? And San Diego County is its own thing. 
each county in California is a self-enclosed system in that way. But to answer your question, my timeline for these things is usually six to 12 months. Um, it obviously, it can go a lot faster, right? If, you know, the, the brother, get, you know, files a lawsuit with the sister and the sister says, I don't want to deal with lawyers. I don't want to be in a legal dispute with you. Let's just list it. I mean, that house sells in a month, right? Or lists in a month. That process is done in a month, right? Do you find that? Can I, can I just butt in? Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm just trying to get Wait. a really good grasp of this. So Eli, do you find that most of the time? How often is it that you are the resolver of the problem by just simply the threat or the, or the, or the, or the taking it to the next step, you know, of filing or doing whatever you ultimately need to? Do you see that like the other party's like, okay, 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 fine. We're going to do this. There's no point getting, g- going all the way down this. Do you see that like 10, 15, 20% of the time? Like, is there a percentage you could give us? Yeah. So, I mean, look, almost all litigation in California ends uh, with a settlement, right? Um, We also have, um, you know, we file legal motions to end them uh, as quickly as possible. We try to handle these cases as quick as legally possible in California um, you know, because nobody benefits, the, the, the clients don't benefit from it being dragged out. Um, so in terms to answer your question, usually what I see a lot of is, um, you know, we'll file a lawsuit in the first couple months, there'll be a discussion of a settlement. It's, it almost always happens. And not only, not only that, Ben, with the lawsuit that we file, we send a letter that says, we'd like to settle this. We don't just sue them. We say, call us, let's settle this, right? The problem that we run into is that our sister in Laguna Beach is probably in denial about what's happening, right? And so we hear a lot of, well, let's just talk about it and let's talk about it. And that's actually how the brothers contact us is they'll say, they'll say, Eli, I've been talking about this for six years. Mama's been gone a while. I I don't want to talk about it anymore. And sister is not sincere, right? And so we'll file a motion that will to get someone appointed to sell it. And we always file that motion, you know, within the first six months uh, to try to get it done so that we, you know, try to get this completed within 12 months. That's, Mm. that's our policy as a firm is to, to look, we'd love to resolve it informally, but if sister says, I'll pay you a million dollars for that $3 million house. I mean, that's, you know, that's not fair. Right. So we, we want something that, that is actually fair and supported by the evidence. Again, it's it's just my brain is ticking at a very high frequency here at the moment just by the pure distinction of understanding this further really allows you to then – it's funny, like if I say – you know, oh, I don't see many blue cars in Orange County. You'll drive home and go, oh dear, you've seen every blue car along the way home. So hopefully what this is doing for the listeners is really making that, you know, a little bit more aware when they're going through and prospecting even further. I guess that is there is there is there anything from a basic fundamentals, I think you've done a f- phenomenal job of explaining it in a simple format. Is there any other things like, are there any curveballs? Are there any any think that you can see in this process that, you know, that, that the agent should be a little bit more aware of? Yeah. I mean, anytime there's property that's held in a trust, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's a question, right? Cause, cause people say, well, I own this house with my sister, but what they really mean is that the trust holds the house. Right? Uh, got it. And, and so look, there, there, the law does say there's an absolute right to partition, but it also says there is there's a defense. So there, there is one known defense 
to a partition in California. It's called a waiver of a right to partition. So for example, you know, if you bought, um, you know, this house in, in Palm Springs with your, with your buddy, you know, who's a real estate investor, and you had like a written operating agreement, like an LLC that says, we're going to hold it for five years. The court may say, listen, you, you may be able to partition it, but not for five years, not until that, that date has passed. It's called a, a waiver of a right to partition. Okay. But, you know, generally those are extremely rare from my experience, um, you know, because it's just not something that's, that's really on anybody's radar because this is, it's just a, a less well-known thing. Mm. Yeah. So, so I, I guess that, so the, again, just again, how I'm just trying to map this out of my own brain. So from an LLC, so from an LLC perspective, if that is in the partnership agreement and, and it stipulates that fact, then that can't be broken. Is that correct? Right. Well, what I would, what I would, yeah, tell that person is, listen, you agreed to this. And so yeah. a court is, a court is going to hold you to it, right? They're yeah. not going to say, yeah, you said five years, but now you're changing your mind. Um, but that said, there is a way to dissolve LLCs that we'll also look into. So the corporation's code, it's like section 17707.05 allows for the dissolution of LLCs when it's no longer reasonably practical to carry on business. So we'll, we'll look at that, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. I mean, and, and, you know, if we can get our client a good buyout price, that's fair. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's all that really matters, but that is. That is the one hang up, you know, you asked about what should realtors look for. Um, and I think it's it's really more about, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's about listening, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and instead of prospecting, hey, Eli, do you have a partition in San Diego or Newport that I can have? I'd say it, I'd rather teach a man to fish than give him a fish, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm doing is, hey, listen, you have this abundance, right? You have all these people you've talked to, all these siblings, all these ex-girlfriends right that are that own this real estate or these buddies who bought these airbnbs in lake tahoe or palm springs or wherever it is and and there's all these opportunities out there i just want people to be aware of how many how much opportunity is actually out there so i've got a couple of other questions i'm just going through a couple of scenarios in my mind is that um first uh, there's there's the two-part question so i don't forget First question would be, are there any leading indicators that you see on every single partition that you're there? Like, is the property tax not due, like, like not paid or up to date? Is there is there certain things that you see in those situations that might be leading indicators of a, of a broken relationship, so to speak? But then second to that is that you'd mentioned trusts, you know, so that's probably more applicable to brother and sister or any family that's right. involved right. because it's not like, for example – you know, like Clister and I don't have a trust at the moment for our property holdings because we're not married because we could set one trust up and then she's a partner of that trust. But realistically, once we are married, we just have to do it again. And, you know, it's just wasting money to do so. So we hold things in individual trusts. But, but that said, is that, is that, is that like, so, so more so looking at the situations, like looking on title, seeing if they're making sure that it's not a trust because they're probably barking up the wrong tree. But is there any other indications of, of like the things you see normally on, on many petitions? Like, is there the one thing like property taxes due or whatever it is? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Honestly, I don't have a leading indicator. I don't know how like somebody would go about prospecting for it. Um, because you know, what, what I see is, is a slightly different situation. So let's say, 
um, you know, that, that brother and sister that we mentioned in the beginning, you know, they own this house in Laguna Beach. Brother is, is keeping up the taxes, right? He, does, he doesn't want to put his sister on the street. He doesn't want mom and dad's house to go in default, but he's paying the taxes on his house and, and, you know, and the house in Laguna Beach. And really, he comes to me because he says, Eli, it's so unfair that I have to pay taxes on this place I don't live. So I, I generally don't see like anything that's tax defaulted. It's more that it has been happening, but it wouldn't show up on anybody's radar. Again, more when I when I speak to realtors, what I hear is that they tell me, "Listen, I I know this um, this this gal that I play uh, tennis with. You know, she has a house with her ex boyfriend. Or there's this this uh, this my friend from the the PTA meeting. He owns this house with his sister. Right? It's just you're at a barbecue watching a ball game." And somebody comes up to you as a realtor and says, I mean, look, you get this all the time, right? What do you think my house could sell for? What do you think the market's doing? What's going to happen with interest rates, right? When people have a real estate problem, they talk to a realtor. They don't want to talk to a lawyer. Yeah. And so it's more just when you're in these situations, just realizing there is a way to help these people and become the trusted source for real estate information uh, for those individuals. It actually makes a whole like it's it, like in my mind now like just picturing that barbecue conversation. You know, your your brain sort of kicks into you know muscle memory. Being in the real estate industry, is that someone comes to you and goes, "Oh, hey, how's the market doing? Yeah, we've got a property. We're considering selling it." Oh, so you end like maybe you don't know that person or you mentioned that you're in real estate and they ask you, it's like sort of like, oh, who do you own the property with? Or do you just own it? No, no, no. I own it with my sister or I own it with my, you know, my business partner or whatever it is. Like it, it makes you think about those individual things a little bit more. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh, I own it with my wife or I own it with my girlfriend. Like it actually makes you think along those different lines. So, um, a couple of like final question as we lead to the end of our time together, Eli, which I really appreciate you giving us a bit of an insight into this is that is it is there anything from a California perspective anyway that you can see coming down the pipe from a legislation perspective in the near future that changes any real estate stuff that again this is a broad and it's a crap question um, it's a bit vague but I just wanted to see if there's if there's anything that you can see coming in the pipe over the next year and over the next six months over the next whatever that might be something that we might want to keep our ear to the ground, whether it's multifamily, whether it's different zoning change of things, whatever it is. Is there anything that you see coming down the pipe or is there anywhere that you keep your finger on the pulse with that stuff or that the realtors could keep their finger on the pulse with those different types, that different type of information? Sure. I mean, I think the, uh, the, the decision from Missouri, the Sitzer decision or the Burnett decision, I think is probably on a lot of people's minds right now. And so, you know, I would be, I, I would expect California's legislature to, to do something to address that, right? right. I, I don't think that litigation um, is, is a great solution for problems of that type, you know, large, you know, large classes and large systemic problems. They should be addressed at the legislative letter, le- legislative level. Yep. Um, I would expect to see something like that. Um, but that's, you know, just total speculation. I don't, I don't have any basis for that. Right, 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 right. Now, now, now I guess that I'm going to make sure that all your information is in the show notes and make sure that they can get in contact with you, but, um, um, and, and reach out. Uh, But is there, is there any final thought that you would leave with the, with the real estate community when it comes to your business and the way that they should be thinking about it? 
the real thing is just that there is opportunity. I know that there's a lot of low volume throughout the industry, especially in California right now. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, when times are, are more challenging, you know, that's when, um, you know, there, there's actually more opportunity because you can learn something that you never learned how to do. Right. If you got into real estate in 2018 and everything's just been flying off the shelves, right. It's really easy. You know, this is a time to up your game and up your skills and learn about um, new ways to sell real estate. And I think, you know, partitions are are a, a perfect intro to that because it's so commonplace. I mean, all of us, I think, you know, I've actually been so surprised when I speak to realtors and in every single room where I've spoken to realtors, I always have people raise their hand. They said, someone just called me yesterday about this or I talked to somebody last week. I'm going to go call them back. And and because I because that realtor told them it's hopeless, there's no solution. I can't help you. I I hope that works out. And they realize that there is a great way to help those clients. And so you know, letting them know that not only is there a business opportunity, but there's an opportunity to like really help people who feel trapped, you know, in this in this house with their sister that they have to pay, you know, the taxes, the insurance, you know, every month. That, that they have a way to, to move on with their lives and kind of regain their, their freedom in that sense. This has been incredibly insightful and it's got me thinking about all different conversations that I've had in the past selling real estate where it's like, oh, geez, I would have loved to know that. So, uh, so again, we appreciate your insight, Eli. We'll make sure that people can get in contact with you so that therefore they can use you as a resource, but appreciate you being on Rethink Real Estate. Right on. Thank you so much for having me and, uh, you know, have me back anytime. So about 75% of our audience hasn't liked, followed, or subscribed to our podcast. It would mean the world to us, and it would help this podcast more than you know to expand our reach if you were to like, follow, or subscribe on any of the platforms that you're watching or listening on. Thanks again.